You are listening to LGR Reviews on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about the movie trivia showdown, the first class league, sports, Star Wars, movies, TV, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show. And that's the thing, anyone can, and it, but it'll yeah. tell you who does it. Yeah, they shouldn't yeah. let you do that. <laughs> that was still heartbreaking. For all of five minutes. Yeah, it's hard for the MCU to like really get me to be heartbroken because I always just assume they're gonna have some way he's not dead. Yeah. You know what, I take it back. I, I've been predicting that the, the bad guy in this will be another Loki. It's Miss Minutes. Clearly, it's Miss Minutes. <laughs> that was actually, I, I like what the old guy did during that whole thing. That was like a pretty cool scene from last episode. Yeah, yeah. Richard E. Grant, man. Here we go. Here we go. It's going to be kind of weird. This hasn't happened in a while where I see the same opening two times in one day. Damn, that's kind of weird. Is this a Nexus oh. event? Galaxies and Dimensions. They had the line of. Let's, uh, let's go. Yeah, let's go to the one that Thanos wins because I think Is he was this the right. watcher? Are those the watchers? Tell me it's the Oh, that is awesome. It looks that like Steve, so cool. It looks like Stephen King's house. <laughs> I thought that maybe they were gonna show us the watchers <laughs> again for a second. That was cool. Once again, the music in this series is amazing. Yep. It, I don't know, it looks like something out of Castlevania. Kind yeah. of, yeah. Maybe that's where Davy lives. <laughs> Kick the door in. Yeah, Loki, shut the hell up. This looks like a dungeon in WoW. This place looks so cool. Oh my god. Ah! <laughs> yeah! I told oh, you! Come on. Told you. He who remains. Let it be Galactus. Sorry. Mr. Kang. I don't think it's Kang. Well, Logie's about to say yes and it's the end of the episode, guys. I told you that Miss, Miss Numbers, though, man. Miss Minutes? Oh no, because she's running the numbers right now, let me tell you. I like how when stuff like this happens, it makes me want to turn my head. <laughs> Alright, man, show us a damn dude already. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta build up the tension, Justin. Who's coming out of this door? <gasps> what? Hang. Oh my god. What now? It is Jonathan Majors. So who is this person supposed to be anyway now? It's Kang. It's Kang. Kang the are Conqueror. We, are you sure that's Kang? Yes, it is, because they announced him in Quantumania. That's stupid. It's not Kang! I mean, it is Kang, but it's not Kang! Flesh and blood. Oh. Bro, you ain't, that ain't that easy. Come on, uh, girl. Yeah, it definitely is Kang. I had this theory that they were going to do, like, Thanos and, uh, like, pepper him in a little bit, a little bit, until they, like, do a big reveal in Quantumania. Well, he's probably not going to become the Conqueror until Ant-Man 3. Yeah. That's my guess. This is some good music. I absolutely love how Loki and Sylvia are both holding the swords in exactly the same way every time we see them. You know that was planned. All of Oh that. yeah. Oh yeah, I love it. What if this Kang is not the evil Kang that we are expecting? And it's a variant that ends up in Ant-Man? That could be. I love the way Jonathan Majors is performing this. Yeah. But that's the thing. Yeah. He's pulling the, I'm not really evil. It's the same kind of thing with Thanos. Which really means that he is the fucking evils. What? He doesn't know what's going to happen. Because you can't trust. And I can't be trusted. Ooh. 
I like that line. Damn, whoop his ass. Whoa. Yes! If everything is saved by a kiss, I swear. Yeah, Disney go help itself if that happens. That's all Disney does is save itself with a kiss every time. And we ain't got that much longer, uh, so something's about to happen. And, and we all know that Loki's a giant princess. Ah, kill him. Mm. Oh, God. No! Oh, no! yeah. Oh, man. This he is even worse himself. than when Princess Leia kissed Luke. He just kissed himself. I know! He himself. Like, I don't. He's like, I don't even know. Nice. I don't know where to put that on the scale of things. He's done. She's about to murder that son of a gun. I don't know where to put this on the scale of things. Like, it's not incestuous. It's yourself, man. See you soon. Oddly. Yeah unsatisfying that's what she's realizing of course he's not dead i mean that's a big branch buddy look at that yeah never seen somebody so excited over branches <laughs> <laughs> come on toby come after you baby let's go <laughs> wow that's all you wanted for whoa oh that's awesome holy shit uh oh. I don't. I don't know, guys. If you like, he just said like it's gonna be like a a war. Millions of people's gonna die. I don't know if this is awesome. Well, this is setting us up for all of this multiverse stuff. That's still pretty. Oh yeah, that's right. It's Disney, so no one's actually gonna die. So yeah. Never, uh, <laughs> yeah. I forgot. Except Natasha Romanoff. This is because they didn't want to pay her contract. Probably. Like I said before, that's not the Kang that we're gonna be dealing with later. No. no, you you made you, Chris. You made a great like prediction early on because he was like a bunch of us are gonna come after you guys. It's just gonna get real. What's he figuring out? There's no way they could fix this. No, I don't know. Loki's True. figuring. Hold on. True love's Loki. kiss. Loki's figuring something out here. What? Wow, <laughs> uh, he's not even in the right one. Uh -huh. Bro, he's already in a different timeline. Oh, oh my god. Uh... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh. Yep, there he is. See that? How he looks. Oh shit! Yeah, that's his costume. That's a fucking yeah. costume yeah, too. That's, that's yes! Ah! Yes! Wow! Oh, how is that the end? Yeah, how is that the end? Man, you downplayed Conqueror the whole time, and now all of a sudden it's the greatest thing ever? Come on, Chris. Oh, uh, no, ending, <laughs> ending, if, ending it this way is awesome. I love it when it's not all happy, nice, and neat. I love it. There's so much more depth and development this way. I love it. This is fabulous. Dr. Trent, you'll be like, what the fuck is going on here now? <laughs> I, I need more, damn it! Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a feeling as successful it is, either this will tie in and they will bring it's it good. back in other films, or yeah. they're going to do another season at some they point. They have yeah, to! They're doing another they resolve season nothing! Sure. No, they got a second season. Yeah, they did. <laughs> the floodgates are opening. 
for the I like how this guy over here next to him was like, man, Kane the Conqueror is stupid. Then at the very end, he's like, no, oh, this is like the greatest thing that's ever happened in the MCU period. You gotta understand. He said Kane was I, a dumbass, and now all of a sudden Kane he's like the greatest like thing that's ever played. He looks like a dumbass. There's a, there's, there's a difference here. The thing is that Kang in the comics is very militaristic in a lot of ways. That guy did not look like the Kang the Conqueror yeah. that I nah, he, he was he was the one that like had it all in control and now yep. like all the ones that wants to battle is now coming out. Yep. Coming out to play Warriors. Uh, it's gonna be really hard to explain. It's gonna be really hard to explain to my mom what the fuck just happened. <laughs> Alright, but somebody <laughs> give, give this man a jet ski. Yes! Thank God, because I would be furious if this was the end of it. Season I was pretty sure two. they announced a season two. I don't think they did. Oh, I I had heard that they had got one, but yeah, maybe. Alright, yeah, guys. Uh, yeah. So that was the only only thing, right? Yeah, that's it. I've already yeah, kind of like looked thing. at it. Alright, I'm gonna cut it. All right. Wow. That was so cool in the end. I, I like it. What an ending, guys. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, here we are talking about Loki. You know, the, the five and six really just did a number on me. What do you think? Oh, yeah. They're crazy. Wild. Max, what do you think? Kind of. Deliriously, magically mind-blowing and weird, in the best way. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a really good way to put it. Um, I mean, let's let's get right into it. And you know, we, we have a lot of a lot to talk about, but strangely, not as much, because even though these episodes were really packed with a lot of different things, they were kind of cut and dry and straightforward. Like things happened, and you know. Although we did have a lot of Easter eggs in the void, so you know, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. in in episode four, remember everybody basically got pruned, and Sylvie pruned herself, or well, like no, that happens in the beginning of episode five. Sylvie prunes herself while Ravana is trying to uh, convince her, "Oh, hey, come hang out with me, and I'm going to tell you everything that you need to know." And Miss Minutes is idly looking through a file of facts of random. Random so files that don't exist. I'm I, like, I love, I love the analog and '70s feel of the TVA. So <laughs> Weird. It's so strange, but you know, Sylvia, Sylvia prunes herself, and then we end up in the void. So we meet, we meet a whole lot of different variants of Loki. Four specifically at the beginning, to be exact, we meet classic Loki, who's played by the uh, the great Richard E. Grant who uh, survived his normal time Thanos invasion by apparently projecting himself and surviving as a piece of inanimate debris. I learned that tonight. Didn't catch it from the episode. And that is why you should always watch episodes more than once. Um, we meet Kid Loki. He's played by Jack Veal, whose Nexus event was killing Thor, and he holds court in the void. Um, we meet Boastful Loki, played by Diabaya Oberai who claims that he beat Cap and Iron Man and took the six Infinity Stones, but everybody thinks he's a liar. Sounds about right. I mean, he is a Loki, so... Yeah. Loki's always tell the truth. Always. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's only one thing Loki ever lies about. What's that? Being a thief. 
<laughs> You're a thief and a liar. I only lied about being a thief. Ah. Um, and then, then everybody's favorite is Alligator Loki, who whose Nexus event was, was so eating funny. the wrong neighbor's cat. Yes. Um, <laughs> there, there is a whole lot of merchandise for Alligator Loki now. Nobody cares oh, yeah. about the other three Lokis, but Alligator Loki. My my favorite. Meanwhile, alligator, I don't care about alligator. Oh, sorry. My favorite <laughs> alligator Loki merchandise is the polo shirt with you know the ones with the crocodile from lacrosse. But yes. It's, uh, but it's alligator Loki. It's my favorite. I found that one out. I was like, oh no! Oh, they did that. I'll, they did that. I'll I'll admit I don't quite understand the obsession with alligator Loki. My thought was, oh, that's weird. Look, it's Richard E. Grant. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the alligator drinking boxed wine was a little strange, but I don't mind that it was strange. Just everyone is like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. This is the best part of the show. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. But like, I don't really care. It's the Grogu of Loki. That's no, but Grogu is Grogu Grogu is is far, far more interesting. No, but I mean, like with like thing to focus in on that is not human. That's what I meant. I mean, alligators are not cute. They're scary and and ugly. I agree. I hate alligators. Tell but... every Floridian that alligators aren't cute. I am a Floridian. They're not cute. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're just big green lizard things with teeth that hang out on golf courses. Anyway, they killed my friend. No. Anyway, the entire episode is spent with the Loki variants. <laughs> Sylvie and Movius, uh, who basically immediately find each other when she awakens in the void. I think he's driving like a pizza delivery car, and it's pretty funny because yeah. it's got like a springy pizza on the top of it that's just like as he's driving around. So that's pretty fun. Um, Boastful Loki betrays his Loki friends to President Loki, which is the fifth Loki variant that we see in the episode. Um, at this point, Alligator Loki gets lunch and bites off President Loki's hand. They go towards Alias. Or Addy. I have heard that Alias? Tom Hiddleston is delicious. Or Elias? You say it's Elias. Yeah, I Elias. Elias. Yeah, I was like, I was. I don't know why I was starting to say that wrong. Probably because it's three twenty-two in the morning. I mean, what? It's not three twenty-two in the morning. This is the middle of the day. Um, it's noon. Sylvie- yeah, it's noon. Sylvia is a tempad that she gives to Mobius. Uh, Mobius offers everybody the ability to go home to the original, their original timeline. Everybody turns him down. Uh, classic Loki and kid Loki are like, nah, 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 this is our kingdom. We're going to hang out here. Uh, Sylvia and our Loki are like, no, we're going to, we're going to go, uh, we're going to go figure this out and we're going to enchant Elias. Um, so Mobius goes back to the TVA. Um, the episode basically ends with, Classic Loki creating this amazing projection of so cool. Asgard. Yeah, it was so dope. Um, and then Loki and Sylvie enchant Elias right after he basically blasts through and eats classic Loki. Um, so, I mean, the dude sacrifices himself for the greater good. We don't see kid Loki again because, you know, he's a kid and he's got to live in his kingdom or whatever. What have you. Um, and then after Elias is enchanted, the the void opens up and you can see the castle at the end of the timeline. And the the closing shot is Loki and Sylvie standing there holding hands and staring at the castle. And it's it's really it's really amazing. Um, we also have to give 
you know, give a lot of credit. They put so many Easter eggs in the void. Like the Thanos copter was there. I heard that a good friend of ours, uh, Nerd Chronic, had a full, full freak out attack when he saw the Thanos copter. That's pretty fun. Um, there, there's also the Dark Aster. Uh, what's his face? Ronan's ship from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I got it confused with Thanos' ship, and I was like, huh? Eh? But I mean, they do look a lot alike, so that's to be ex- like to be expected. There, there's a lot of random, random things. There's um. There's a version of Avengers Tower, but it's it's got the word Kang on it, Q-E-N-G, um, which is a Kang the Conqueror reference. So interesting. Um, any other any other great Easter eggs that we saw during that part? There's a gigantic version of Yellow Jacket's helmet. Oh yeah, there is that gigantic <laughs> version of his helmet. And, which and the head of head of the Living Tribunal is in there. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That's that's fun. Uh, we also get like a full size sphinx with its nose and we get the pyramids of Giza. And which, the Golden Gate Bridge, I think, is in there. Um, it's like a mix of the Golden Gate Bridge and the, the Bay Bridge from San yeah. Francisco because it's two different bridges, but they're amalgamated together. I'm so pretty that was sure I saw cool. a really delicious club sandwich with curly fries. All right. Did you actually see a club sandwich with curly fly? Oh, curly flies, blah, 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 blah. curly fries, or are you just projecting that into your viewpoint right now because you're hungry? Yes. There's pasta in the fridge, you know. <laughs> oh, are you just in the other room? <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, guys. I, I'm. I'm in New York. Okay, great. Moving on. <laughs> Any other Easter eggs in the middle of the void? Anything else that we want to discuss for episode five? Oh, um, Frog Thor. Oh, yeah. Voiced by Chrissy Hems. Um, who's, it's okay. Who's... We're friends. I can call him Chrissy. Don't oh, worry. Chrissy Hems. Yeah. Uh, his his character name is Throg. Did you know that? <laughs> and he's and he's trying to get out of his jar to get to Mjolnir. I, I finally... Mean, Mjolnir. F- feel like I have a, a word that I've always needed because people are always like, I have a frog in my throat. And I'm like, that doesn't quite resonate. Going forward, I have a throg in my throat. And finally, I'm like, that works. That fits. Yes. <laughs> Guys, I have a throg in my throat. <clears throat> Mjolnir. <clears throat> meow, meow. Um. <laughs> okay, no, Nora. It- uh, yes. I just wanted to say I also love the hug between Loki and Mobius. Oh, when he says you're my favorite, how can yes? Oh my god, it was so cute. Like everything about this episode was just—it wasn't filler. I will never ever say an MCU episode of anything is filler. And you know, it's nice to be able to go back to episodic TV that doesn't just you know show up on your like on your computer or whatever app you use immediately with like ten episodes, so you can just watch them all. But I. Yeah. I think one of the great things about Loki as a season of television um, is it's really structured sort of the way TV used to be. I think the way TV is written now with the advent of streaming and binges and things dropping all at once is 
there's less intent in actually making each episode feel like its own episode with beginning and middle and end. A lot of shows, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but a lot of shows almost feel like they filmed a long thing and then just arbitrarily decided to cut it at certain points. They're like, okay, we've hit about 50 minutes, cut it here, and then we'll keep going with the story. But this show, and WandaVision was the same way because that was very much a love letter to the medium of TV. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is not. Uh, the same way is like each episode is its own location, its own beginning, middle and end. And that's really clear here. And I think this episode in its own way is as close to Lost as we've gotten since Lost was on TV, down to the fact that we have a black cloudy smoke monster. Um, yes. But there is something about that. There's a hatch underground. There's, you know, a mysterious new place with strange creatures that they're investigating um, it's, a lot of it felt very lost, like to me. I don't know if that was intentional or not on the part of the writers, but really, I thought episode five, Journey into Mystery, was miraculous television. Um, delightfully weird. Really, each episode of the show has just gotten weirder and weirder. And the fact that the MCU has enough variations, variants, if you will, in the type of storytelling it can do is what's so thrilling. Like if you, if you, like when you remember that Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is really a boots on the ground, like war spy thriller procedural and this bizarre existential metaphysical science fiction story about like varying timelines and and different dimensions and like multiple versions of yourself and how your identity manifests itself differently dependent upon how different events happen in different branching timelines is in the same universe you're like whoa and i find that really cool um but this episode is like one of the weirder episodes of television I've seen, and I think they nail it. It never feels weird for weird sake. Everything has intent. Everything feels deliberate in design, uh, and it was really a joy to watch. And this episode definitely pays dividends watching it multiple times because, like, I don't even think we've covered every Easter egg and everything that there is to notice because, you know, we are not new rock stars or um, uh, Greg Alba or some of these other guys who are like walking or my friend Richard walking encyclopedias of comic lore, who's going to catch everything, you know, we're relatively casual fans of like Marvel comic lore. Um, so it's just like what they've been able to put into this was incredible. And again, like every episode, the production value, cinematography, the visuals, the score are so, so impressive. Like there's some visual stuff in this episode. That's just gorgeous. We have to give a lot of credit to Richard E. Grant too, because oh. he he literally just takes over the show from the moment he steps on screen, and it's absolutely yeah. fantastic. I mean, like that last scene, that last wild maniacal laughter right before he gets taken by, by Elias, and he's like, glorious purpose, glorious purpose, yes, and it's just absolutely amazing, and. That performance is even paid homage to, and we'll talk about it in a few moments. Like, he's just, he's absolutely fantastic. He, he's the, so captivating. The only shame is that, you know, his time in the MCU is so short. Yeah. Like, yeah. theoretically with, with, and we'll get to it with certain things that happen, like he could come back in other ways, but he's such an incredible dynamic performer. I almost feel the writers are like, okay, we really want to make an impact with this character in a short amount of time. What British actor can we get that can really chew the scenery in a compelling way? Richard E. Grant. 
It's the same well, thing with Star Wars. Like he's perfect as a Star Wars villain, but he has such a small part in Rise of Skywalker. You almost wish they had given him, him something more to do. But at least in this episode, his material is great. He has a lot to sink his teeth into. It's not well, a and it's role. it's one of those things and, where it's like, who can not only chew up the scenery, but make a profound impact on the MCU at large, without a whole lot of time to do it. And what, well, what's interesting too is like obviously not every variant of Loki is in the mold of Tom Hiddleston. I mean, we have Boastful and we have Sylvie and Alligator. These are not Tom Hiddleston's, but like I could very easily see, like, at least in terms of film language, Tom Hiddleston aging into Richard E. Grant. Like they're very much cut from the same cloth as actors yeah. and performers, their accents, facial structure, even to a certain extent. Um, I think so, that was the intent too. I no, think I think yeah, doing, I agree. Yeah. yeah, like they would be perfect as father and son in a movie. Oh yeah, uh, hint hint. If anybody from Marvel ever sees this, which you won't, do the thing, father yeah. and son, Hiddles and Grant, doom. I I also loved Richard E. Grant's tweet uh, with a picture of him in the the Loki costume saying, you know, 40 years ago, his father asked why he wants to spend his time, you know, dancing around in tights on a stage. And now he's wearing this outfit and his father would have laughed maniacally about it. So I thought, oh, my God, a fun tweet. I so Richard E. Grant is just one of the most delightful human beings. Like his joy for life and his joie de vivre, like is infectious and makes me really happy. Like, so he was in this movie, Can You Ever Forgive Me, a couple years ago where he was Oscar nominated and I thought he was incredible. And I thought he, he just by force of his own personality, ran like one of the great awards campaigns. And my favorite thing is he's obsessed with Barbara Streisand. <laughs> so the ongoing <laughs> tweets and videos he would make about his love for Barbara Streisand were giving me serious life. So this tweet that you're talking about where he's like, yeah, dad, I'm in my 60s and still wearing makeup and tights is so like authentically Richard E. Grant, that's not him faking it just for clout's sake. That is him being him and he's so delightful. I love it, I love it so much. Um, do we have any other remarks on episode five before we move into the big one, the, the finale? I, the only other thing I wanna mention is how uh, amazing the chemistry like between Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston continues to be. Um, obviously, they had worked together before in uh, Midnight in Paris, written and directed by a director we will not name. <laughs> uh, but like the imagery of this like massive like fantasy void and these crazy monsters, and then you just have we can curse here, right? On LGR, yeah, oh yeah, fucking oh, yeah. Owen Wilson driving his little car, like do 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 do. Like I'm almost expecting like clown music to be playing, like do do do. And then the hug, which we mentioned, like they're just so great together. Um, such like unique and smart casting, and they obviously love working together. Yeah, it they they were just so much fun to watch the entire time, and I'm sad that they didn't get to be together in the end. And I mean, we'll we'll go into that episode well, they, six. They did, and they didn't. Right, exactly, and we will get there. Trust episode six for all time, always. Adelia. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, actually, I, I know for a fact because I watched the finale right here on the couch with Maxwell the other night. We stayed up for it, which was a fantastic. It was, it was amazing. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't not do it again, but the, the next morning was brutal. 
Uh, and that morning, the morning after I had a, I, I usually start my shifts at nine and I had an eight fifteen meeting and I was like, I literally turned my camera off and I just sat there like, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you, you've looked better. Thank you. Thank you. It you're you're welcome. <laughs> I felt like I was dying and they're, they're like introducing me and I turned my camera on. I'm like, hi, hello. Turn the camera off. <laughs> I put my head down on the desk. I'm like, I quit. <laughs> but oh my God, that opening. Wow. Like, yeah. I think we were just in awe. Like, mouths hit the jaws hit the floor. Like, it's so, legitimately, yeah, go. I, I had sort of already started like hyping myself up to hear the Marvel fanfare in my head because also I had just heard it twice very recently because uh, Black Widow just came out and I, we saw it in theaters twice. Um, so whenever a new MCU thing starts, it always gets me hyped. So my head was humming it. And then I didn't hear it at first. And I was like, oh, there's going to be a cold open. And then they'll transition into the MCU logo thereafter. No, it started and they're playing all these different sound clips, um, which Adelia, I think you're prepared to dive into. Yeah. Amber and I were both just like, they started with It's Been a Long, Long Time yeah. by the Harry James Band, which is a very important song because it's Peggy and Cap's song, and it's yeah. the song they closed out Avengers Endgame with. Yeah, it's the song and, they're dancing to. Yep. And little Disney Parks piece of trivia, it's also played as part of the Sunset Boulevard soundtrack at Hollywood Studios. So you'll be walking down Sunset Boulevard towards a creepy hotel or, you know, you know, whatever you decide to walk towards. And it's been a long, long time starts playing and you're just like, where's Cap and Peggy? Why can't we do this? Uh, thanks. Thanks. Licensing agreements. But, oh, God, it just it get it got me. But Adelia hit us with that sweet sweet easter egg lineup from that scene Woo. okay um by the time at the end of the marvel studios logo there's been 31 different sound clips or uh <laughs> voice uh clips after that we get up to 43 total clips before we reach the citadel at the end of the timeline um, 11 of the clips during the uh marvel studios logo have something to do with loki um or some movie that involved Loki heavily. We've got uh, several things from the first Avengers movie. We've got Loki saying a few things from uh, Avengers Infinity War. Um, there's like stuff from Ant-Man, like from Hope Van Dyne and from Hank Pym. There's Scott Lang in there a few times. Uh, Peter Quill is in there a few times. Uh, Bucky says, who the hell is Bucky in the middle of it? Which I found very fascinating. Um, at one point, you can not quite make out what someone is saying, but you can tell it's someone with a British accent. New Rockstars thinks that's Carly Morgenthau, which I thought was also interesting. And then at the very end of the Marvel Studios logo, you hear a baby crying. New Rockstars thinks that's baby Loki from the flashback scene uh, in Thor where Odin in finds Loki. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I saw, um, what's his name? Um What's the guy's name from New Rockstars? Eric? Eric Voss. Eric Voss. Yeah. yeah, I saw him tweet about that. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also can't forget Captain Marvel because that one was a very prominent one. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Higher for the Faster Baby. Um, 
you can hear the cap. Uh, I could do this all day. Yeah, I know from Endgame, which I think is the first time we really see two variants interacting with each other in the MCU, because technically that's what they are at that point. Um, there's several from the first Avengers movies. Natasha says, let me put you on hold. Later she says, I've got rid of my ledger. Um, Hulk, puny god is in there. Um, there's two back-to-back uh, -back about Loki, uh, the 15th and 16th, which was Loki saying we have a Hulk from Avengers Infinity War. And then Korg is in there with, we're going to jump on that spaceship and get out of here, want to come, from, uh, from uh, uh, Ragnarok. Um, but there, there's a whole bunch of them in there. The last voice clip in the uh, Marvel Studios logo is from Kaecilius from Doctor Strange. It says, time is the true enemy of us all, which I found hmm. very interesting. Fascinating. Um, after that, uh, when they start moving into the, the space imagery, which was gorgeous, just utterly gorgeous, uh, we have Alan Watts, a philosopher who once did a lecture on time. Uh, we think of time as one-way motion from the past through the present and on into the future. Uh, then there was Neil Armstrong, there was Malala, whose last name I can never pronounce. Yusafi. That's it. Um, Nelson Mandela's in there. After Nelson Mandela, we have music from Swan Lake that then transitions into Fur Elise by Beethoven. And then we've got Glorious Purpose from Classic Loki. And then this one was very random to me. Liberian President Ellen Johnson Surley says, motivated by women throughout the world. Then Vision says, what is grief if not love persevering? Followed by Matt Angelou's I Will Rise. And then Sylvie says, open your eyes. Then there's a little bit of Morse code. And then they're at the Citadel. Wow. 43 sound clips of some sort. In that they, That's they, exhausting. They, they yeah. did a good job. I mean, it's like, and we thought that after that episode of WandaVision where, you know, Episode four of WandaVision. You're the one I'm talking about where we wake up in the hospital with the snapshot ending. Yeah. I, and we thought that one was wild because that one was pretty wild. Like, we got a full flashback there, too. But, whoo. But I personally, in my notes, I put this is the, in my opinion, this is one of the best opens of the entire series and possibly part of the MCU. Oh, yeah. um, definitely out of the TV shows, for sure. It's interesting uh, that I think this week we got two MCU things, both of which had fantastic openings. Yeah. Because um, I think the opening leading into the, the, I think the only, not to go into Black Widow, but the only MCU movie that has actual opening credits uh, in Black Widow is fantastic and some of my favorite stuff in the entire MCU. Yeah. And this too, this opening is like a real swing. And I think it, it knocked it. This whole episode is like, a bold swing that for me they murdered in the best way. Yeah. And, and this is, I, I know that there are a lot of people with opinions there. There are always going to be people who like or dislike something. There are a lot of people that we highly res respect who didn't necessarily enjoy this as much. I totally get it. I mean, listen, there were a lot of people that I love who absolutely adored Falcon and the winter soldier. And Y'all know how I felt about it. I was like, it was it's too fine. procedural for me, and it felt messy. Yeah. But 
I mean, and there are a lot of people who can't stand any of the three series, and there are a lot of people who just can't stand Marvel as a whole. Um, well, and it's all fine and dandy. So um, what I loved about this episode without diving into plot is, you know, I was talking a little bit before about how this show is really structured and written the way television used to be. And this is like your prototypical example of a season finale. Um, it doesn't have to resolve anything because there's going to be more. It, it introduces a, a wild new element that is going to pay dividends in many different ways. And uh, it has shocks and cliffhangers. Like, again, to continue on with Lost, like this is very much like a Lost finale where all of a sudden a new curtain is opened and something else is revealed behind the scenes that's been there the whole time but we're just now getting to take a look at it and that's something lost did pretty much every season in the finale they would introduce a new uh element to the show that altered the course of the next season that's something genre television has always done can i just say see you in another life brother that's all yeah. i need to say to this because uh, i mean basically that's how it happened we have to go back we have to go back, Kate. We have to go back. Um. So wh while, and I, I do not want to disrespect or say anyone who didn't like it is wrong. To me, the counter argument to some of the complaints is that this functions very much the way a season finale of a serialized genre TV show would function and should function. Yep. I fully agree. Um, I mean, we should definitely like let's we we should break down the episode definitely um i legitimately the very first thing that happens is uh sylvie and loki walk right into the citadel the castle etc um and i've seen it and heard it called so many different things now and it's only been two days um yeah. miss minutes offers loki the kingdom of asgard Although, the to be Infinity fair, first Stone. of all, she scares the shit out of me because she just yeah. comes out of nowhere. I'm like, ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that actually happened. He did actually yell. Uh, he was like, ah! <laughs> I was like, like I do me. really well with jump scares in horror movies because I know I'm watching a horror movie and expecting jump scares. I wasn't watching Loki expecting like a really loud jump scare, so it really startled me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was not prepared I, for this at all. There's nothing I love more than a jump scare that's not meant to be a jump scare. Uh, and sometimes Miss Minutes is kind of scary anyway. Um, and you I have do a my moments. fantastic Miss Minutes voice, by the way. I have my moments where I really love her and then I really hate her because I think she is uh, a she villain said, and an anti-hero. She, she said something in this episode and you turned to me and goes, well, she's on my shit list. And then like two minutes later, you're like, all right, maybe she's back on my like list. She kind of redeemed herself. <laughs> <laughs> it really happened. So like during this scene... The one where she's talking to Sylvie and Loki, I was like, fuck her. I don't like her anymore. <laughs> it's just like literally like, Well, eh. at, at first I thought, so I tweeted uh, the afternoon or early evening before the episode airs that I had two theories as to who it was going to be revealed was pulling the strings because based on the theories and what happened with WandaVision, I didn't think they were going to go through with such a big reveal like they did, which we'll get to soon. So I said, it's either going to be a, another Loki variant, perhaps King Loki or Miss Minutes was pulling the strings the whole time. And so when this scene happened and she surprised us and started monologuing, I was like, Miss Minutes is that bitch. She's, she's been controlling the TVA the whole time. And then she started talking about he, and then I was like, 
Hmm. Who is he? Who is he? Who is he? Who remains? Who is? Who is he? It's he who it's he who remains. It's he who remains. Um, I mean, like literally, Miss Minutes starts. She comes in for all time, always. Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Did this last night, and I was like, ah. And um, the enemy goes to, not Amber. Oh, I was gonna say this bitch. Oh, yeah. Um, so she she offers a whole bunch of things. She offers Loki, like I said, the Kingdom of Asgard, uh, the Infinity Stones. And winning the Battle of New York, which were three major things that he was really trying to get. And that this this iteration of Loki knows about. Um, he turns all of that down. She then offers Sylvie a lifetime of happy memories, which, you know, Sylvie's been on the run since she was a little girl. So obviously, you know, this would be very important. She turns that down. Um, then Miss Minutes offers them both the ability to rule everything to go back to their former timelines together, to be happy together. They refuse it all. Miss Minutes gets very snarky and just whoop, boop, and she's gone. <laughs> I'm like, and then that was when I turned and said, well, this bitch just got on my shit list. <laughs> Cartoon clock over here. <laughs> well, Miss, like, I, I kind of want like a video of Miss Minutes doing the let's, let's all go to the lobby dance where she's like walking like in the- I- I saw someone post a photo of a Miss Minutes tattoo they got. I don't know if it was after episode four or ep after episode five. Yeah. And my thought was twofold. One, it was an adorable tattoo, and the tattoo artist did a perfect representation of the way the character looks on the show. But also, if Miss Minutes is revealed to be the villain or some secret that you don't like, are you going to all of a sudden regret getting that tattoo? Like, maybe wait till the season is done before you permanently mark your body with Miss Minutes. Like, okay, if you want to get a Loki tattoo, we've known Loki for 10 years now. That's fine. But Miss Minutes could have been anything and still could be. So it's like, hmm, is that all right? I mean, it's a, it's an adorable tattoo. I mean, maybe maybe she likes maybe she likes the villains because, I mean, Miss Minutes is adorable. I have a Miss Minutes t-shirt now, thanks to somebody. So do I. Aren't there socks also? I think there's Miss Minute socks. I think there are socks. I think those just came in. Um, however, so moving forward into the episode, because we could talk about the socks and t-shirts we have all day. But merch, merch, merch. How about that TVA uh, bag? Oh my god, I love it. It's so great. It's like it's like an, an AV bag and it has space for your pens. Adelia, we're going to show you this bag later. It's so okay. dope. Um, Available at Hot Topic and Dear Hot Topic. If you'd like to sponsor LGR, hit us up on Twitter. We'd be happy to show off your merch. <laughs> All of it. We have so much of it. Um, so they go to enter a door and the door pops open and they find he who remains. A.K.A. Jonathan Majors. Who, oh, that was so great. It, yeah, he was, he was amazing. Um, any uh, astute MCU fan knows... He has been cast as Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man Ant and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania. And, and yeah. or there, Ant -Man, were, I don't know. there were definitely little hints throughout this season of television that Kang is coming. Like, Ravana in the comics is at a certain point Kang's girlfriend. I believe some astute viewers pointed out, I don't know if it was episode one or two, that they thought they might have seen Jonathan Majors like in the background of a shot. So when when the, when the elevator or the door opens, whatever it was, and there he was, it was like, oh shit, here we go, here we go, 
And what you're saying, like, Jonathan Majors is an incredible actor. If you haven't seen the film The Last Black Man in San Francisco, watch it. He's brilliant. But his performance here is like, like, it's so dynamic and compelling. The fact that the most meat of this episode is three people talking in a room doesn't matter because you cannot take your eyes off Jonathan Majors. It's He's a, fantastic. It's a big, bold performance. There's nothing subtle about it. He uses different voices and accents. Like his tone shifts ever so often. And it all makes sense. Yeah. And it all makes sense when you think about the fact that this guy is super old and he's been by himself with a cartoon clock in this Citadel castle for hundreds, thousands of years. So I get it. Even the way he uses the apple as a prop is mm-hmm. brilliant to me. Like he took a bite of the apple. I'm like, now that is some act eating. Well done, Mr. Majors. The way, the way he was eating it, it was just, it simultaneously made me want to listen to everything he said and then made me want an apple. So I almost well, walked the, down to peas and pickles in the middle of the episode just to get an apple. And they looked the fun, so good. <laughs> the, the fun part too is this episode uh, dropped, you know, Wednesday morning, late Tuesday night, if you're still up which is the same day Jonathan Majors got his first Emmy nomination. So what a two-day period for Jonathan Majors. Wow. It's true. It's very His agents must be very, very happy. He's, (laughs) like, seriously, he's he's really great. And he just blew my mind because obviously, you know, obviously we know he's cast as Kang. But he's a variant of Kang, and he explains yes. this entire piece so well. So he lays, yeah, he just lays out the story and he sets the stage basically for everything that's coming by saying you don't have to have it happen. You can do X, Y, and Z, and it'll be fine. Um, yeah. So they have this long conversation with him, and Sylvie basically impinges him as the dictator who's been over all of time for a while who created the TVA and he says, yeah, basically. Um, but if you kill me, everything's going to unravel and all of the sacred timeline is going to branch and it's going to go insane. He then breaks down the multi- the first multiversal war, which was basically started by all of his own variants, <laughs> which makes it even funnier because in the beginning of the season, you knew that there were holes there when you get the whole miss minutes, you know, uh, the whole Miss Minutes video of the multiversal war and all the variants, and you got the the Thai guy. Is the Thai guy king? <laughs> like, it's like, or or like he who remains all his variants. Amazing. So, um, one of the com- you know we're talking a little bit about how the, this episode does have some strong detractors, like, and one of the complaints is it functions more as a setup for the future of the MCU and not a conclusion to this season of television i disagree because i think if you really boil it down to the the arc of this season of television was twofold one loki continuing to explore his identity and how he fits in and two who is controlling the tva this answered it we know who's been controlling the tva and so certain things that they did and that happened in earlier episodes now make more sense certain holes as you just said have been filled but if you'll allow me, I'd like to dive in a little bit to um, He Who Remains. Yeah, sure. Go for it. So so this is Nathaniel Richards, um, who uh, in, in Marvel lore is the father of Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. So um, 
this is also, we're starting to see the beginnings of the MCU getting ready to introduce the Fantastic Four. We know they're making that movie. Um, we also know, and this is sort of a meta-textual, out-of-context thing, that Jonathan Majors was cast as Kang in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, or Ant-Man Quantumania, whatever they end up calling it. Um, Ant-Man 3 Quantumania. Um, so when you first see him appear like, oh God, it's Kang, it's not. Right. So this is a different variant of Nathaniel Richards. Um, and there's a little speech that he gives that I love. He goes, I've been dubbed many names by many people, a ruler, a conqueror, he who remains a jerk, but it's not as simple as a name. And he continues in his very long, beautifully performed speech to talk about how all of the different variants of Nathaniel Richards, who are all incredibly intelligent, discover that there are variants, that there are timelines stacked on top of each other and learn that they can travel between the timelines. So they, at first they start relying on each other, sharing their intellectual and scientific findings, and then the war breaks out. Um, and so he is the one who ends up being sort of benevolent and instead of choosing war, chooses the peace he can form. And that's why he forms the TVA to control the timelines, keep it all separate, stop the variants from crossing over to protect the timelines from variants of himself and so if this all-powerful incredibly intellectual scientist is one of the nice variants just imagine what kang is gonna be like and the fun thing too for jonathan majors as an actor and as i sort of alluded to earlier even in this performance he gets to try and do all these different things like when he comes as kang and ant-man and whatever other films i think i sort of think they're setting kang up to be like the new big bad post Thanos in the MCU. I think For sure. he's going to be in a lot of stuff leading towards some sort of finale, maybe, you know, young Avengers. I don't know. Um, like his performance as Kang can be completely different from what he does here. So as an actor, that's gotta be so fun to be like, yeah, you're playing versions of the same character and you get to go to town and create different versions um, which is kind of what Tom Hiddleston has gotten to do in this season a little bit as well. Like seeing him as the Loki we know play opposite uh, President Loki was so fun. Whenever an actor gets to play opposite themselves and do different things, it's really fun. So I do hope we get to see Jonathan Majors play opposite himself as different variants um, of of Nathaniel Richards. That would be it, wild. It, it, it's so fun and interesting. And I don't know. I just, I love, I love, I love this choice and I love how it unfolded. I would also like to bring up the character of Immortus. Um, that is the other, the other character that I think that they've amalgamated with he who remains. Um, Immortus was an older variant of Kang the Conqueror. Um, and I like, he's basically grown tired of conquering uh, still a villain, but not quite as evil as our Kang. And he prunes away timeline branches in order to attempt to maintain order. And Kang doesn't like that. So um, one of the one of the most interesting things is there is actually a speech that Kang gives in Avengers Forever number three about Immortus. He calls himself the master of time. Gardener of time is more truthful. He prunes away the kernel branches deemed by others to be dangerous, reducing reality to a bloodless meadow. But that's not the way of warriors, of men. I say let it be a forest, let it be a jungle. Very interesting stuff considering what we know and what we've been watching. 
and what we understand of the TVA. Because they very openly use the term prune. They very openly use, you know, the idea that the timeline is something that can be pruned and can be gardened, I suppose. It's a very, very interesting allegory. And they clearly took the two characters and wrapped them up, tied them up with a bow, but didn't make it too neat because they got a lot of extrapolation out of Jonathan Majors. And as you said, he's an amazing actor. Um, Continuing on with the plot, which, you know, he basically says to Sylvie and Loki, you know, you can take over. I'm tired. And <laughs> he states that he knows everything about the future, but then suddenly states after a certain point, he no longer knows what, ha- what will happen just about, quote, eight, nine, ten seconds ago. Um, at this point, things get a little bit fishy because, you know, there was a long there was a long monologue. He explained the multiversal war. He explained what happened and how it got resolved and that he resolved it. Um, and condensed everything into the sacred timeline. At this point, basically, Sylvie doesn't believe him. Loki is trying to believe him and eventually does. Um, and they come to blows over this because Sylvie is so blinded by her rage and her anger that she just, she doesn't believe anything he's saying and she's ready to kill him. Um, they fight and it's a really great fight scene. Um, I saw I saw somewhere that Sylvie and Loki have this really different set of fighting styles. Loki's is more, it's fluid. It's, it's got a lot of dance like movements in it. Um, and he's, he's just got, you know, almost, almost ballet. That's what somebody called it. It was almost yeah. a ballet type fighting style. Whereas Sylvie's is more choppy, more aggressive and angry. And it's very, I guess, stabby. That's a good way to put it. Like she just wants to stab everything and kill everything. So, you know, murder, death, kill, just get it all. Um, and she and Loki go to blows, um, basically over that desire to kill he who remains. Um, she goes to kill him and Loki materializes literally at the blade of the sword with the sword piercing into his his neck and his shirt collar. The way this was shot was so cool because as Sylvie is like lunging to kill, he who remains it goes into slow motion and the framing of it was really beautiful and almost uh ballet-esque and then loki pops in to stop it and i was like oh damn oh damn yeah, it was it was absolutely fantastic um after this impassioned speech that he gives about how he believes he believes him and you know she doesn't trust him and he can't be trusted etc <sighs> she kisses him in <laughs> Great moment from the reactions. Thank you, Angle. Um, <laughs> I was like, uh, Christopher. He did not like it. He did not like Woo! it. Yeah, he was not happy with that one. Yeah. Um, and sends him back through the portal to the TVA. So Loki ends up back in the TVA, and Sylvie, Sylvie literally walks up and stabs he who remains. He winks at her, and then he dies. And now she's looking through the cool window, because that window was pretty dope. I kept looking at it. I was just staring Although, at it. I, I think I mentioned while we were watching it that it did remind me of the window in the Sanctum Sanctorum. Yes. And I've seen that it reminds a lot of people of a lot of different things, but I think that's the one that it reminds me of the most. Ow. Ow, that hurt. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? Um, you look through the window and you can see the sacred timeline branching suddenly very wildly. So that's fun. In an absolutely beautiful visual. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, All those before I, are stunning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything was amazing. Um, before I go over what happens once Loki walks back through the portal or is thrown back through the portal, really, um, we forgot a very important part of the episode. Um, Mobius comes back into the TVA and accosts Ravana Renslayer. Um, and she is packing up to go to places unknown. Um, she... She's well, there's, looking. There's, there's part of that before that where Miss Minutes comes back to. Oh yeah, Miss Minutes. Yeah, Miss um, Minutes after, comes back. Yeah, and gives Ravana files that are not the ones that Ravana was looking for, but the ones he thought she should have. Yeah. And she's and... confused about who he is, and then by the time Mobius shows up, she seems to know quite a bit about He Who Remains and. Yeah, and she she decides that she's gonna go find him. Yeah. Um. So that should be fun. Um. Doesn't seem like she's gonna get to find him now, but looks like her boyfriend's coming. So that's cool. Yeah. Um. She she says in there that she's uh, that there's only one person allowed free will, and it's him, which is just yeah. Um. Then, at a different point, uh. B-15 materializes in the high school yeah. where all the pens in her office came from. And a, like one of the, uh, one of the Minutemen follows her and the real, the, the one of her variants or one of the, the real person walks in and says, who are you and why are you in my office? Basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's fun. Um, hoops. So, yeah. so yeah, it's literally, it's, it's literally her, but not her, not Renslayer. Yeah. Um, her name is Rebecca Tarmine. It's on the, mm -hmm. the um, degree on the back of the wall. She graduated from Ohio State. Uh, she's in Fremont, Ohio, and it's in 2018. Uh, since she has an office like that, people are speculating she's possibly the principal of the school. And, um, Tarmine is an alias that Renslayer uses in the comics at some point. And if you look in the hallway um, when B-15 is trying to lure the, the Minutemen into uh, the office, uh, underneath the photo of FDR, there is a poster for Homecoming, which Homecoming is generally in the fall. And so if this is in 2018, that means where they are right there is after the snap. But before everybody comes back. But before everybody comes back. Yeah. So so then now we get to the part where Loki has come through the portal and he finds Mobius and B-15 talking in the library. And he now tries to explain what has happened and that he's Kang is coming, all the variants are coming, everything's about to go nuts, and they don't recognize him. And then it pans over to the statue and now the statue is of... Jonathan Majors, aka He Who Remains, King the Cocker. We don't know what it is. We don't know Nathaniel who it is. Richards. That guy. Uh, in, in King the Conqueror's uh, comics costume. Yeah, in a, yeah. So, I mean, it's probably King the Conqueror. So yeah. now it seems that. And, and our good King friend, has He Who Remains. Conquered. And he, he did say that um, this is not the first time he's done this. This is not the first time his variant has done this. So it's it's about to go it's about to go down. It's just um, going down for real. 
and we're yelling timber. Um, <laughs> so you're welcome. That's way too uh, funny at 3 a.m. The amount of times that joke got told today and <laughs> still brought everything full circle a few different times. Perfect. Um, and I can't even explain that. So, yeah. So but, oh, wait, we're in, go ahead. Mi- the mid credit scene is basically only intended to say, hey, yeah, guys, we have a season two coming. Loki it, will it, return. Boom. It done. says Loki will return in season two, which was amazing to hear. Yeah, yeah. But um, especially but, for me, which if you see at the end of the reaction compilation, I screamed when the credits <laughs> happened because I wanted more, and I was mad that they cut it off there. But I understand why they did. In the mid in the midnight hour, it, it, I want more, more, more. Pretty incredible cliffhanger for a season of television. Which again, that's how television should and used to work. You end your season if you know you're getting more with a big cliffhanger. But you know, look. We knew the multiverse was coming to the MCU because Doctor Strange 2 is called Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. But we thought it was going to be because of Wanda. Right. Pretty much everyone thought Wanda would be the one to break the multiverse. And certainly she did some shit that messed with timelines and stuff. Uh, But no, it was really Sylvie and Loki and this show that that created the multiverse. Um, And now we sort of understand... How, from what we've heard, Spider-Man No Way Home is going to make sense. But here's my question. So we have two other MCU movies releasing this year uh, before we get to No Way Home. uh, Shang-Chi and The Eternals. Now, uh, Shang-Chi, I think, was supposed to come out earlier than it is. So it's possible that it was intended to release before... Uh, Loki, so it likely takes place before the multiverse breaks, but I'm really curious how Eternals fits into all of this and if it's going to deal with the multiverse. I think they'll probably just say it takes place before this happens. It, it, I think it either takes place before this happens or the chaos of the multiverse that breaks out is one of the reasons why they come out of hiding. That's also possible. However, I... Well, continue. Go ahead. I was I just going to say, and Shang-Chi, I think, might actually be happening during the blip. Oh, interesting. Okay. That so, could be very interesting. Because so, you mean, see in that trailer, Abomination fighting Wong. And if it's after the blip, why would Wong be in what I think is probably Madripoor fighting in a... True. Yeah. So I think it happens during the blip. Interesting. That'd yeah. be cool. But yeah, I mean, you know we really are starting to get an idea of how phase four of the MCU is going to shake out post end game. And we're, we're diving into the multiverse. We know why it broke. We know why we may be getting Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Uh, and the only other thought I had is like looking at these Disney plus shows, especially WandaVision and this is like, God damn, Dr. Strange is going to be so mad at his friends. <laughs> like Wanda, Loki, what did you do? Why did you do this? Ugh. Now, um, I will say this: I I don't think Eternals is going to grapple with anything pertaining to the I, multiverse. I don't. Either. I think this is going to be a pre-introduction, just like they do for a lot of their origins. Um, I feel like, like, okay, the thing that I can liken it to is Captain Marvel. I think they're going to bring the Eternals in kind of like a la Captain Marvel. Here they are. But 
and something happens that makes them have to defend Earth or whatever and help out because... Although we do know based on the teaser that it takes place post-Endgame because they do have that conversation. Uh, yeah. Who's going who's gonna to lead the Avengers now that Tony and Steve are gone? Well, right. And we and something important that we're going to have to pay attention to in phase four is that we have no idea when a lot of this stuff is happening. Right. We don't know when Loki is actually taking place because the yeah. show deals with time travel and timelines. It could be now, later, it could be in the future. Like, well, we could be catching up to it. I, I, it's yeah, I don't know. I mean, and it's it's one of those things. Obviously, the multiverse of madness is going to take place within probably the five years after everybody returns from the blip because that's when the movie happens and that makes sense to me however i mean we saw wanda and the hex within two weeks after endgame we saw captain america or well you know falcon and the winter soldier turning into captain america and the winter soldier and we saw all of that and we got the the basic ramifications from that. But that happened within like six to eight months after. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we still have other shows to get to in between now and then. I yeah, think have- it's literally, I think the two. Oh, no. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say Spider-Man uh, Far From Home happens a couple months after Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yep. You got to factor that in, too. Yeah, and I am. Um, I well, think the and- important thing is we're we're not going to get an idea of the timeline at this exact moment. We're not going to get it. I think we're going to get the actual timeline of where we are for everything, probably when we actually sit down to watch Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Right, because yeah. we also have Hawkeye and Miss Marvel coming to Disney Plus yeah. this year, and there's no way either of those deal with the multiverse. No. Um. Because there, there's a few different things. Now, eventually all of that is going to tie in because I think the multiverse is going to be the biggest piece of Phase 4, obviously. Oh, yeah. And, and obviously Kang is probably getting set up to be the big villain because people have already come out and said he's on par with or if not more evil than Thanos. Um the important thing to look at is that we are seeing two major things here and the shows have set it up as well as, you know, the movies, because for anybody that, that has seen black widow, they understand that there's a post credit scene that ties into one of the TV shows we watched. Mm -hmm. They are setting up the young Avengers and they're setting up the multiverse of madness at the same exact fucking time. So they're literally at war with each other on what they're going to do. And it's probably going to parlay into Secret Wars, which involved the Young Avengers, I believe. So, or at least if it didn't before, it is now because there's no way you can go back here. Because we're getting, we're getting literally the entire Young Avengers camp. We're getting what looks like the Thunderbolts or something akin to that. So we're getting, we're getting warring factions. We're getting, like, we still have Warring factions? What is this, season eight of the Schmodown? (laughs) <laughs> um, we're also getting, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of robust storylines. We're getting new characters. We're, we're losing former characters, but that's okay. Um, we're getting, we're, we're getting people you know, like Hawkeye handing over mantles. Arguably the most transitory period of the MCU thus far. And I think, you know, at the end of Endgame, a lot of discussions, well, where does it go from here? And I think that uh, Kevin Feige was really emboldened by his success and which movies hit to 
go increasingly weird, increasingly cosmic. And that's the stuff I love about the MCU. Like Same. my favorite ones pretty much are the weird cosmic ones that go bold and crazy. Um, although I do also love Winter Soldier, which is maybe the most grounded of all of the films. But anyways. It really um, is. I mean, so well, wait a second. We have Arnim Zola in a computer. It's well, grounded. <laughs> compared to talking space raccoons, time heists, and uh, time variants, and you know, cosmic space journeys with, with uh, Car- Carol Danvers, it's like, yeah, Winter Soldier is as grounded as this gets. But I don't know, it's just fun. I, I would say they're doing a really nice job of setting up where things are heading. Well, in my opinion, in this episode of TV, also paying respect to this show itself. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it was a perfect cliffhanger. I think that we're going to get a lot more, especially in relation to what's going on. And it, it's really nice having been a Marvel fan for, for years, having stuck it through with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., ouch, and all of the Defender shows and all of that. And knowing well. that... Knowing that they started out canon and stopped being canon by the end of it, like what's well, funny because I saw someone say, "Well, now they could just like backtrack it again and just say the Defenders universe was just a different branching timeline, yep, and not the is. main timeline, and that's and how so they could Agents of Shield, yeah, yeah." Well, I mean, they... and at one point, Agents of Shield does go time travely, so they, um, I, I know. Charlie Cox is coming back as at least Matt Murdock in the, the She-Hulk series. And there's been rumor that maybe he's in No Way Home. So maybe they bring him in by multiverse madness as, uh, nonsense as well. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm completely thrilled. And if, if WandaVision left me ready for Loki and hopeful for Falcon and the Winter Soldier... Um, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier left me like, good, Sam's got the shield. That's all that matters. Um, this left me mind blown, ready for more. I want more. I want more Kang. I want more Jonathan Majors. I want I want more TVA. I want to see how that's going to lay out. I want to see all of our characters from the TVA. I want Actually, more Owen movie. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I want, want more. I want Mobius and Jimmy Woo to meet. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Just imagine Randall Park and Owen Wilson in their different like suits getting to like crack jokes and be like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> is that a space <laughs> raccoon? <laughs> while while uh, Luis narrates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like if there's any way to like just, knock it out of the park for me just have have everybody hanging out together in one room with Luis narrating um, I'm like I'm good this is it this so is all I need f- for me like I loved WandaVision immensely and I also felt that in some ways the finale wasn't maybe as great as it could be considering everything that preceded I still really liked it and found it satisfying but it did have a MCU-ness to it that I thought wasn't needed compared to how unique the rest of the series was And I wasn't sure where Loki was going to head. And so I think of the Disney plus Marvel shows we've gotten so far, this is the best finale. Um, And really is a nice bow on this season of television. Um, But it just, it's like has me salivating for everything that's to come, which is of course the point. Like, let's not forget 
this is a product. It's meant to sell more product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that being said, we've we've been at this for an hour. Everybody got to watch like an amazing reaction. I hope. Um, yeah. However, guys, it's time for it's time for those plugs. Maxwell, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cinemaxwell, Instagram Cinemaxwell Inc. Uh, I, of course, uh, am a major player over at the PJ Campbell Network. We are in a bit of a hiatus as we prepare to relaunch the network with uh, a new focus on pre-taped content. Um, but all of your favorites will still be there, like Suddenly Soundtracks and Box Box. And we're still doing the Sunday evening Unwind Live. Um, you can find me hanging out and modding over at Video Drews Network. Uh, and you can find me uh, competing in the first class league. Um, I've had two matches so far, and uh, I think there's more to come. Uh, and if you haven't watched my previous matches, the first one at least should be on the YouTube channel soon. Um, and then the second one a little bit thereafter. So do go check those out. Second one is still hanging out on the Twitch channel currently. Also, yeah, don't watch that one. Watch the first one. <laughs> that was a good match. It was fine. Uh, as soon as he said box, box, I was like, box, 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 box. What's in the box? And I was like, oh, box, no. Box, 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 what's in the box? Box, 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 what's in the box? Box, box. Box, box. Um, Adelia, <laughs> where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adelia Chambo. Uh, running the Let's Get Ready Network socials, that's all at Let's Get Ready Net. Uh, we have a Twitch channel at LGR Network. Uh, check that out, follow and subscribe. We're going to have more content on there very shortly. Uh, the Let's Get Ready Network website, letsgetreadynetwork.com. More content. Easily there the as best well. uh, website of, of any Schmodown uh, after show. It's comprehensive. The match reports, the the stats, the PP, all that stuff is utterly fantastic. It is by far my go to resource for Schmodown stats information. If I want to recap what happened in a match or remind myself of certain questions, that's the place to go. <laughs> So well done, Adelia. You deserve immense kudos for that website. Well, it's the best. A lot of work into it. It shows, and it's 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 worthwhile. If you guys don't go to the website, go to the website. It's an amazing resource. Thank you. Uh, We also have the merch store store at letsgetreadynetwork.com. Get all your LGR stuff. Uh, LGR Network, Holocron highlights, Gold Standard, more to come soon. Um. (laughs) <laughs> and, LGR uh, reviews. LGR reviews soon, hopefully. We'll have more. We always we'll have, have something more. to do. Uh, definitely, uh, guys. And I'm going to add to this plug for the for the actual network and website. Make sure that you're watching Hambone goes to the movies. Oh, Hambone goes to the movies. They are so good. We have a new one coming with Black, for Black Widow. It's going to be me and Hambone. The thumbnail is my freaking favorite thing I think we've it's ever so done. It's, it's fantastic. Terrifying and fantastic. It's so um, great. I take it that it's my turn. Um, I'm Takara Kanashi from the TV. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Stereo Letterbox, and Twitch. Right here on the Let's Get Ready Network doing things like this. Uh, being up at 4 o'clock in the morning Eastern Standard Time to talk about Loki. Um but, uh, but um, I do the gold standard with Adelia on Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. Everybody's proud of me because I can still figure out Pacific time versus Eastern Standard time. It's uh, three LGR hours re- difference. I, yeah. I know. I, fi- I know. I, I figured that out for all time always. Um, 
I do LGR reviews, obviously. We don't know what we're going to be reviewing next, but we're going to review something. Um, and then, you know, we have other tertiary fun things that we're trying to work on. So we're, we're also revamping our stuff, too. Um, we have a Patreon coming hopefully very soon. Please subscribe. Give us your money. We'll give you things and maybe some stickers and possibly a handwritten note from somebody like me because I have nice handwriting. Um, I'm also on the PJ Campbell Network, uh, which is relaunching. We're going to have a new, new a lot of things. That's really all that matters. Um, but I'll still be probably... What? I didn't say anything. No I'll still secrets. be... I don't uh, I'll still be unwinding and probably talking by water coolers. It'll be fine. It's fine. And then I'm a video Drews network. I, I YouTube, I Discord, I mod, I uh, do quizzes. You're basically talking with three of the best mods ever for video Drew. We we love you, Drew. We know you're watching this. I hope. We love you, Drew. Um, <laughs> Don't forget, you also tell Garth to pick that name up. Yeah, Garth, thank you. I was going to say that. Stop it, Garth. He's going to drop a name somewhere. It's fine. Uh, it's Garth doing Garth things. Uh, but yeah, so I, I tell him to pick he's that name so up because he Garthy. loves to drop him. Garth, you're such a Garth. Just sing um, your Garthiness <laughs> and just Garth. Garth, Go Garth yourself. <laughs> that like, might I, be one the of the funnier I get things a, that you said. I get, I get a dollar every time I say Garth. Garth, 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 I don't want to find out. <laughs> and there it anyway. is, folks. We lasted a pretty long time without going off the rails, but as happens, yeah. we have jumped off the, we have garthed off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> There's no what? garthing back now. Guys, what happened at 4.30 on Thursday or Friday morning? Oh, well, uh, we turned garth into a verb. <laughs> Listen, all I have to say, and thank you all so much at home for, for watching Make sure to subscribe to LGR. Share this video on your socials and with your friends. And when you're done, go Garth yourself. <laughs> on that note, good night. <laughs>